0: Hello and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ tissue and eye donation and transplantation. You can always find us at thegiftedlife.org. I'm Lori Steele.
1: I'm Joey Boudreau.
0: And I'm Nyla Schwab. (laughs) Oh, I was trying (laughs) our poor Nyla under the weather. (laughs) I mean, I I was close, Joe. No, it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's under the weather. And so we miss you, Nyla. Yep.
1: Yeah. Can't wait till you come back. And
0: we know that she'll be listening
1: because we have a test for her when (laughs) she comes back. Yes, of course. But here's a
0: listen to what's coming up on episode 224.
1: Yeah, Lori, we're going to have some in-studio guests today. We'll be joining with our community partners to help make life happen by discussing an important topic, ATV safety.
0: Ah, yeah. Okay, that's an important one. We'll also be talking about kindness, kindness to others, but also kindness to yourself. So all that more right here on The Gifted Life. Tell your friends, spread the word about The Gifted Life, guys, and hang on to your hats. We'll be right back. here on the Gifted Life Podcast. Joe, our friends are back.
1: Yes, they are back and in studio.
0: We want to welcome back Kristen Sanderson, our Injury Prevention Manager with the Department of Health. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us back. Yeah, Mr. Chris Noblock, the Director of Education and Community Outreach for the St. Tammany Coroner's Office. How are you?
2: Doing well, thank you.
0: Yeah, so we have these conversations, we learn together, and hopefully make the world a better place.
1: Yeah, we recognize, uh, you know, a year or two ago that Look, we've got a lot of friends in our community that work with a lot of the same challenges that we see, unfortunately, being on, on our end with the organ donation uh, side, a lot of things that they deal with to prevent these uh, injuries and you know a little more community awareness so these things don't happen. We recognize that that's a perfect partnership for us to get them onto our podcast and and hopefully Prevent anything from happening in the future. We've had him on before in episode 199, where we spoke about drowning and drowning pre- prevention. And then, of course, we had him on again uh, on episode 213, where we talked a lot about gun safety. So,
0: whenever y'all are here, like we go down memory lane talking yeah. about <laughs> what we used to do. So, this yeah. one really got us going. So, we're talking about ATV, UTV safety, right? So, we're going to talk about that. But I think, Joe, you need to tell us about your fabulous plans when you were little well i mean it's (laughs) i mean he's in 2023 he lived to tell about it yeah but this is probably what you guys are talking about not to do (laughs) right so
1: i grew up you know i was born in the 70s so so of course there wasn't a lot of focus on safety helmets and things so i had a a three-wheeler back in the day of course they don't even make them anymore uh but it was a a honda 110 you know so you can remember those those (laughs) models and everything (laughs) I mean, we thought, well, this is safe as can be. It's at least it's not a, a motorbike. I mean, it's got three wheels. I mean, what could go wrong? And we rode them in the coolies, you know, in the big ditches, and and anytime it rained, that was that was what we did in the in the summer in the in the country in Cajun country. So, yeah, the things we did. The,
0: and then as he was talking, he's like, man. I'm surprised we survived that. Oh, I know. Man, I'm surprised. I know. And then we had a, um, just like a little, I guess it was like a little moped. Um, and my brother said, Oh, you can hop on here. And it was, um uh, the throttle was just the thumb, and I'm on there, and we're traveling on this little piece of land, and I just get scared, and I push it all the way, and here comes the big fence as fast as it could be, <laughs> and he prized my thumb off, and we just nearly missed the, and that was, you know, the last time I was able to ride that, but <laughs> yeah. but when you guys started talking about this, we're like, yeah, we should talk about that because we don't let yeah. our kids do any no. of those things right. that we right. used to any do right? <laughs> right. right we live and, and we, we learn lucky yeah i said we are probably the reason for the stats yes. right so what are we talking about today chris well
2: we're we'll talking a little bit about atv and utv safety um we've unfortunately had uh, three fatalities here in st tammany parish this year hmm. uh, related to atvs that's just this summer uh, within the last few months so you know it is a, a real big problem and it's uh, it's a tragedy for anybody. Uh, one of our victims was as young as twelve, and so that's really, really sad.
0: And in our neighborhood, um, it, it seems like everybody has one now these right. days. Yeah. And it's—I uh, I know you, you drew the distinction between an ATV's like the four-wheeler type, and then the UTV's like the side by side. Right. And and so we live in Sportsman's Paradise, in mm-hmm. our area, like everybody hunts, but it seems like not everybody may have a car. But man, you got one of those, so uh, driving down the streets or on the roadways, on the major, and, and you worry, like you worry, and, and we have good reason to worry, right?
3: Yeah, I mean there's we've been looking at the data, and there's a couple of trends that we've just noticed that we wanted to kind of highlight, and one of them is that 80% of the deaths for child fatality, I mean for ATV fatalities um, are for that 10 to 14 age group, so that age group that's probably riding adult age size ATVs, you know, kind of wanting to experiment, but that's something that, you know, 10 to 14 is really that, that age that we're seeing a lot of the fatalities and the injuries, um, and something else is, you know, Chris and I were talking like American Academy of Pediatrics really does stress that any person under 16 that doesn't have a license shouldn't ride an ATV. But, you know, sometimes, you know, where we live, that's not the reality, but there's still things we can do to make sure that we keep our kids safe if they are going to ride an ATV or a UTV. And so that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah.
2: A certain amount of the safety and educator's including the American Academy of Pediatrics, feels like no one under the age of 16 at all should be riding an ATV. Mm-hmm. However, if you go into the ATV industry um, and the safety industry with ATVs, they don't recommend that anybody under the age not ride an ATV, but they recommend that they ride the correct ATV, which there's five different classes or categories or sizes of ATV, depending on how old your child is. Um, and they also say that you need to set ground rules and you need to supervise. It's not an event, uh, not an activity that shouldn't be supervised, mm-hmm. um, even if they are on If you uh, are interested, I think um, if you want to know if your child's ready to uh, ride an ATV, the ATV Safety Institute has a readiness checklist on their website, and that's at ATVsafety.org, and it goes into a lot of detail about how tall your your, uh, child is, do their feet reach the pedals, all these kind of things. And, uh, but but to me, the big issue is psychomotor skills. You know, these kids do not have the psychomotor skills to handle something that's going that heavy, going mm-hmm. 45 or 50 miles an hour. And so, uh, again, that has to be, um, you have to set those ground rules, and parents have to set a good example for their kids as well.
0: And, Joey, you probably didn't go through that checklist. But, we didn't have a checklist. Uh, yeah. And, and unfortunately, I'm just thinking it was, the uh, size for you, like can we you just rode up, can, was there. Can, yeah, <laughs> can
1: you reach everything? Can you reach the brake? Yes. Can you, you know, and of course, we had the throttle on the. On the handlebar there, so that was pretty much our checklist. So we were very fortunate, uh, but I can see, you know, especially having I had a grew up in a neighborhood where all the kids were a little older than me. I was one of the younger ones, and there were a few that were kind of uh, a little more risky, daredevilish. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So I would imagine some of these ground rules you're talking about have to deal with that. You know, it's not, you know, if you're riding it, it's one thing, but then riding it incorrectly, inappropriately you know, standing on the handlebars or trying to do wheelies and things like that, right? That's yeah. correct.
2: And, and of course, you mentioned safety equipment there. You need to have the proper safety equipment, including a helmet, boots, mm-hmm. special pants, goggles, um, long sleeve type apparel, and those things and gloves, of course, you know, all those things are important um, to increase the amount of safety you can have on these vehicles.
0: And I think it's interesting. I was just looking at this um, list of the top causes of the incidents, and then um, keep going down. Like as you say more, Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, no, I can see why that is the issue. But can you share what um, you guys have learned?
3: Yeah, so through our child death review panel, we really take a very close, deep dive look at the causes of child deaths, Um, and we were able to see for the ATVs that seventy five percent were due to driver inexperience. And that makes sense because you're talking about 10 to 14-year-olds. They don't have that experience. That kind of makes a lot of sense. But flipovers, recklessness, um, those things are all factors of the causes of death. And then we also see that 55% of the fatalities occurred on a rural road. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we talk about a lot. And Chris mentioned they're not meant to ride on roads. They're just not designed for that. So that's a big part of the safety piece too.
2: Yeah, I think if there's one one of the big takeaways we'd like people to to get from this particular podcast is that these are off-road vehicles. they the ATV, um, in particular, is an off-road vehicle. It's not designed. The tires are not designed. The the um, the balance of the vehicle is not designed to to ride on on hard road pavement. So they're really really meant for just off-road um, use. The UTVs are a little bit different, but um, and there's different laws that that govern UTVs. But uh, really, there's the, it's against the law to ride a uh, ATV anywhere in Louisiana on a public road unless you're crossing a road, for instance. Um, And so that's something that folks need to know as well because we see them out there on the pavement and Mm. even in our neighborhoods, you know.
0: Yeah, so we have a a neighborhood group, and so um, a lot of people taking pictures of those kids that are – because they're not just driving it. There's like a ton of them on there, and some are like – just sitting on the top or and they're just having fun, like just like we used to do back in the day. Like they're out there riding, but it was like there's so much more traffic now mm-hmm. out there, and you just worry what could happen. Uh, but Joe, looking back at at our notes, it was saying between 2018 2021, the states with the highest rates of ATV related deaths for children between one to sixteen. Uh, where do we fall?
1: As with everything that's uh, <laughs> kind of on the yeah. worse end of healthcare injuries and and things, we. We're in the top two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, fortunately for Mississippi, they're not on the top. They're usually it's uh, Louisiana, Mississippi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This time Alabama gets that uh, distinguishable uh, award. I mean, we're not we're, far behind. Right. They're they're number one, and then we're right there behind them at number two.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, a lot of our, our families are hunters, so they're going to have this type of, of vehicle. Um, and I guess you always think like, oh, that's probably, you know, an injury from, from that type of thing. But when you look at these numbers that you brought to us, it's like, man, there are things we could do to prevent. Like, these are preventable. Very right. preventable. Very. Yeah yeah
2: very much so and
0: so we just got to commit together families parents if you're listening and you and you own one of these like what do you do my husband stresses safety because he takes our little boy hunting and so with the gun safety like you guys talked about like they go through all of that mm-hmm. but with atv their rules too
2: well like anything else in in life it's it's that supervision and and it's setting that good example for your children um you know if you're going to set a good example don't take that ATV on the road as an adult and, and don't ride it in a, in a reckless manner. So, you know, they, kids mimic our behavior and, and they learn from us this all the is- time.
0: This is one that stands out, never allow riding at night. Yeah. They're not
2: really designed to ride at night.
0: Yeah. And and then some of them, um, you know, handed down through the, the generations. And so it says like the proper lighting and reflectors. A lot yeah. of them may not be up to date. Right. Ours wasn't. Right. When we were there, it was just like, oh, we're lucky to have another. <laughs> You'll have another one vehicle. that's 20
1: years old right. and just clearly not either not up to date or things aren't working that should mm-hmm. be working.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think something that a lot of people don't realize is that an ATV or a UTV has to actually be be registered in the state they may not have to have a license plate per se but they do have to be registered and they'll get a sticker from the state um saying that they've that that vehicle has passed the inspection process and that includes the brakes and all those those types of things so they usually if you register or buy a vehicle uh at a at a recommended dealer then you're going to get um some paperwork from the state and then they're going to send you a sticker that has to be on that vehicle um within 30 days so um Certainly, the condition of the vehicle and, and the equipment that's on it is is all very important for safety.
0: So we talk about ATV versus UTV briefly. Uh, all these same rules apply?
2: No, actually um, – UTVs, there are some rules where, where they can be used on roads. Um, of course, if you go to a state park, that's just the UTV, not the ATV. Um, but if you go to a state park or a wildlife management area, you have to have certain permits um, to operate those vehicles on, in those areas. Um, and you also have to have liability insurance, um, just, like a, just like driving a car. If, mm-hmm. you, if you own that car, then uh, that, that ATV has to have um, minimal li- liability insurance in the state of Louisiana as well.
0: So when you sit back and you look at these numbers, like what pops out to you? Because this that's what you do. Like you <laughs> look at these, you pull these numbers. I mean, and when you come in here, we're like, man – if you wouldn't have sat here and made me look at the at the stats, um, I don't know if we'd have this in-depth discussion. So what do you pull away when you see stuff like this?
3: Yeah, again, back to that 10 to 14, because that's just such a vulnerable age group. So I think that's really when we have to look at the checklist and determine readiness, and then also training. So that same ATV safety website has free online training and a ton of resources. So if your ch- children are going to ride ATVs, there's just things that you can do to make sure that they're as safe as possible. Another thing that stick- sticks out for me for the data side is that more than 90% of the deaths among ATV riders for children were because they were on adult-sized vehicles. So I think that is really a stressing point for for us, For that all ATVs are not made the same. They're not meant to be for children to ride on. And so just making sure that t- checklist, you're looking at the proper size vehicle for your child.
2: The information that I found was that there was five different sizes of ATVs, and it's, it's generally um, geared towards the age of a child, but of course, there are kids that are bigger than normal and smaller than normal, so mm-hmm. you really have to make sure that you have to, the right ATV for the right person. Right. Uh, something else that you mentioned, that, um, and when, we, when you're dealing with kids, I seem to see this a lot, is that you'll have three or four kids on one ATV. Mm -hmm. And and an ATV is designed for either one or two people, no more. And so um, overloading that ATV is a major safety concern. Yeah.
0: And in our area, some of the law enforcement officers, they get called because the neighbors worry and then they just have a conversation like let's go back home let's talk to the parents kind of thing um, but it's all about that, that safety and we want you to live to fight another day and, and our, be our future leaders and you know those risk takers they're going to be the CEOs you know this right <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens alright any final thoughts guys
2: actually I do have a couple of things um, I wanted to add if if uh, uh, if you were looking for um, that ATV Rider course that Kristen mentioned you can find that at atvsafety.org mm-hmm. or you can call one 800 887 Two eight eight seven, and I know that they have online courses available, but we really recommend that the the um, individual takes uh, an in person course so that they they can be monitored and and sized up for the right vehicle and um, and make sure that they have the right protective equipment as well. I think that's really important. Um, but you know, we kind of miss the big elephant in the room, so to speak, and it's a lot of these uh, ATV accidents, particularly involving adults believe it or not, in, uh, include alcohol. So um, you shouldn't be riding an ATV if you're uh, under any, the influence of any kind of alcohol or drugs because that's another big um, factor in ATV fatalities. Or vehicles. Is, right. Well, in in general. General. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> right. Bicycle, <laughs> ATV.
1: Car. Oh, man.
0: I know. It's just the population. Like we're, we talk about in, in our area where, where I'm living, um, growing pains because it's just growing at this crazy rate. The schools mm-hmm. are being overfilled and there's so many cars on there. So our goal is just to make you safe. We want you to be our future leaders, and we appreciate you guys watching the numbers and saying, sit down, think about it, talk about it. That's what we want you guys to do at home as well, ATVsafety.org. We appreciate you guys, Chris and Kristen, for coming back in, and we hope to have another visit soon. That'd be great. Yeah. i got one more website, yeah. though, if, uh, hey, if we'll take anybody <laughs> in Louisiana
2: is interested in what the, what the actual laws that relate to ATVs and UTVs in Louisiana. Um, and that, believe it or not, there's an actual reckless driving of an ATV uh, statute, which um, oh. is a misdemeanor in Louisiana. But um, go to atvman.com Man, forwards, M-A-N? Uh, A-T-V-M-A-N and, uh, dot com forward slash Louisiana. And they kind of um, have a little compact version of the laws that relate to the use of ATV and licensing of ATVs and so forth in Louisiana. That's a good place to get started. Um, just
0: As you were talking, you were like just online class or a class like my daughter for driving, they make her go through all these hoops which thank you but Mm -hmm. even take the ACT test like we do you know before you before you do do the real thing let's practice a little bit so I'm all about that so why not do that with this so great tips great time to think about it guys and um, we just want to keep you guys safe all right partners we'll see you again thank thank you so much it was our pleasure
2: thank you for having us appreciate it
0: Here on The Gifted Life, we're taking a moment for mental health, and I'm just a quick check here. Resembles Nyla, doesn't look like Nyla here (laughs) in this seat right today.
1: Uh, Almost, but not quite. (laughs) Yeah, today we have uh, Celeste Monts, who also works with us here at LOPA. She served a number of different roles Uh, throughout the past couple years, but her her primary background is social work. So if you can just tell us, start us, at least lead us off with a little bit about your background in uh, social work.
4: Sure. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here today. I have a degree in education, a bachelor's degree in education, taught for many years, um, and then went back and got my master's in social work. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Uh, Most of my experience has been with adolescents, grades in school from pre K all the way to 12th grade, Um, just a variety of experiences with trauma backgrounds, with grief. Um, So, and now I'm working in the quality department here at LOPA, very different job, Mm -hmm. but still, uh, I'm so happy to be part of of LOPA and making life happen. Ah, well, thanks for sharing
0: your wisdom with us today. And Joey, uh, I don't know if she shared with you, she was telling me that um, she has all this stuff on her resume, but the newest thing that she's most proud of is that she's here on The Gifted Life. Yes, right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> to,
4: to, uh, you have made it, the Celeste.
0: Box, right? Thanks for being here yeah. But <laughs> I think we're, we're talking about kindness
4: today, and, and we are so grateful that you said yes to joining us here on The Gifted Life. Thank you. Very happy to be here. So uh, Nyla suggested the topic of kindness. Of and course so that's Nyla. Like, no, no, right. she's, she's our sorry. kindness leader. She's the best. <laughs> she's the best. So I looked at some resources she sent me and did a little digging and put some thought into it. It and um, I want you to think about when was the last time somebody did something kind for you, good. you I mean, share I'm good yeah share something someone did
0: I have three kiddos at home and life gets busy as you and I were talking with sports and and all of that and mm-hmm. so I had to work late and when I came home they had my dinner waiting because they said nice. we knew you were gonna be late this is unusual and I thought just these little kids That's and now let's do homework right (laughs) of course mine's very
1: similar friends friends in the neighborhood uh out of the blue called me over and uh and they had a gumbo uh chicken and sausage gumbo it's like the greatest thing ever even though in the heat even though it's the summer (laughs) it's still But here's the deal you put a little potato salad inside (laughs) the gumbo itself and now it cools it down and it's it's good, yummy comfort
4: food. Oh, so yeah, comfort food. You're right with it that. Makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah. Well, I had a friend of mine did something for me recently that was really sort of an extravagant um, idea. I had heart surgery in 2008, and after my, my surgery, I bought a um, charm bracelet, and so every year in March, the time of my surgery, I put a new charm on it. So I had shared it this year on Facebook, and just you know, as a reminder to value life, value every day, and here's my charm bracelet. It's been 15 years since my heart surgery, and just shared it. Well, about a month later, this friend of mine, who's somebody I knew from way back— but she's not somebody we keep in touch with. I keep in touch with. We are basically Facebook friends, um, but she went out of her way and printed a picture of my family from Facebook and sent it off and had a charm made with the picture of my family. Oh, I love personalizing. Yes. I know, right? Oh, and pictures. It just Aww. was so. Um, it just was so touching and so nice. And I just thought, wow, that that was really sweet. Um, so. Can you think about the last time that you did something kind for someone else? Mm-hmm. I
0: try every day just to lift people's spirits when they're feeling like, oh, maybe I didn't say that right or whatever, to point the positives. We learned that from Nyla here yeah. on The uh-huh. g- yeah. on the Gifted Life. But mm-hmm. uh, the same treatment that I would like to receive, like I'm here, I'm trying. Um, and so I try to point that out. So I I, I try to do that daily.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's for me, it is a lot of... And that's a beautiful, big thing and it's yeah. for, for, for that your friend to do that out of the blue is amazing. It really is. I try to do a lot of the little random acts of kindness, right. whatever, you know, with We're in the friends, busy seasons, fa- family, with kids
2: <laughs> yeah. it's right, like,
1: whatever right. I can do, it doesn't matter how big or small, whether it's opening the door mm-hmm. for, you know, a mm-hmm. coworker this morning who was struggling to get in or mm-hmm. whatever it is like to me, that's always an opportunity. And again, it makes me feel better, even though it's it's really for that person. Really, it makes me feel better doing those small things.
4: Yeah, I want them to have a good feeling. Like, leave me with a good feeling. Right, right. And I think it's contagious too. Have you ever let somebody out in traffic, and then notice the person no, behind you? I don't you? do traffic. <laughs> 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 but then you'll notice the person behind you lets the next person mm-hmm. out. So it is contagious. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and you know, Joey, I was going to talk about like the little things like that. Text somebody a message. Have a great mm-hmm. day today. Mm-hmm. It, it can be so simple. I read somewhere, pick up litter, like how simple, you know, mm-hmm. we don't do that much, but it gives you a better feeling. This is my environment. I picked that up. I took care of something. I made the place, the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, a big one that, I mean, I know I struggle with is put down your phone, make eye contact, listen. You know, we talk about young people having trouble with that, but I think we do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely.
1: Know? I There's... I I mean, I don't know the statistics, but there seems to be a whole lot of adults on TikTok and Insta and whatever all the things are called, Facebook, and I don't know if I
0: got to go look up Joey on. Yeah, <laughs> is, it, is it called Insta
1: now? I think it's kind of changed. I'm trying to be cool it's not like here. Not the
0: cool, kids are saying, but okay. <laughs>
1: you know, but but that's, they get locked in, and you'll see it gets you locked in for fifteen and twenty minutes at a time, where yes. you could be, as you said making eye contact, engaging and having good conversation with someone who's right there next to you.
0: Right. Right. And I get anxiety during like during the work hours. Like I don't want to miss anything. Like I don't want anybody to think that I'm not there. So I can relax. When I'm off the clock does that make sense mm-hmm. like, yes but man I, I really don't want to miss anything and um, gotta you gotta train yourself like just breathe exactly it's
1: gonna be okay
4: exactly take those I've, moments
1: I've found myself like uh, when when we'll get really behind in uh, say me personally with some of the things my 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 tasks like the things that you have to do whether it's whether it's kind of administrative uh, part of my role or some things that come with you know making life happen as you talked about earlier. I get bogged down and just focused on that, and and sometimes I have to remind myself to put that down for a little bit, take 15 minutes and go and just engage and chat with, with the group, with whoever's there at whatever office that I happen to be working out of that day, because because if if not, I'll just stay bogged down in that, and then before you know it, it's four hours later yeah. and...
4: Right, like, right. It
1: pass, works, passing me by.
4: It's very easy you know? to do, and yeah. I find that's one of the things that I do love about LOPA. I think we have an atmosphere where it's okay to stop working and go talk to the girls at the front desk, mm-hmm. or or take that time and do that. We just have to train mm-hmm. ourselves, remind ourselves to do it. Yeah. Um, so they've done a lot of research, and when we do those acts of kindness, the brain does release serotonin. It gives you a calming effect. It makes you feel better. You know. Um, And one type of kindness that really impacts our mental health that people don't talk about too much is self-kindness. You know, when you hear about... Taking care of yourself, some people think that, oh, they're gonna think I'm selfish. They're, you know, I shouldn't be doing this for myself. But it's so important to be able to do that. There's a psychologist, uh, Kristen Neff, and she's done years of research on the benefits of it. And she talks about how, you know, we tend to criticize ourselves and be so much harder on ourselves than we are on our friends. You know, we would never say things to our friends that we hear in our, our own head, voice, in, yeah. in our own oh, heads. Yeah. You know, um, and it's something that we need to acknowledge, be aware of, um, you know, ask yourself, would I say that to a friend? Well, of course you wouldn't, you know, um, one way of helping yourself become more self kind, self compassionate, acknowledge that we all make mistakes. We're all fallible, um, and then act accordingly, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to berate yourself, tell yourself, okay, I tried, I did my best, And then move on. And it's hard to do sometimes. And I think sometimes it's hard to even recognize that you're having those thoughts. You just, it's automatic.
1: Right. It'll, 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 it just lingers like you, like you could have done 10 things exactly the way you wanted to do them. And then one thing sticks out, you know. And even right though even bed, though it's it probably small <laughs> in comparison to the ten things to so you, it's huge, and you're like, "That's Man, what you're to focus
4: on, yeah. right?" But
0: I have this right. conversation once a week when the kids' test papers come in oh. because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're and they're great students, but they'll miss one. They're like, oh, "I missed one." I was like, "Well, not, you know, not everybody's yes. perfect. Like, we don't expect you to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I miss one sometimes, right, Jack?" <laughs> uh, but, but we have that
4: conversation. But it also
0: is a reminder to me like
4: mm-hmm. it's okay, <laughs> right. Right. And you have to, like you were saying, you have to stop those thoughts and look for evidence. Like you were saying, like, I I got 25 of them right, right but I yeah. missed one. And so you have to ask yourself to look for the evidence. Okay, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. I can't believe I did that. And then tell yourself, wait a minute, I got 25 right. Or... Mm-hmm. I am competent at my job. I have a college degree. You know, remind yourself of those things, and it that does help. One important thing, part of being self-compassionate, is taking the time to recharge, decide what resets you. Um, for some people, it might be reading. Some people, it might be exercising. Some people, I... I love to organize my space. Can you visit I, me yeah. I feel <laughs> my house right now? No, Let's I'm not date. a cleaner. <laughs> I'm not scrubbing the baseboard. But I like things to be neat. And it just gives, it helps me, <laughs> you know? It does reset me. Oh, I thrive in chaos. Oh no. yeah, right. no, <laughs> I, I can't do that. <laughs> that's how my, this is how my
0: brain looks right here.
4: Creativity. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it's important to commit to doing one simple thing for, for yourself each day. Exercise, pray, Mm -hmm. anything that just resets you, encourages you, uh, um, gives you a sense of well-being. Focus on your values and the person you want to be. We were talking about doing kind things for others. A lot of times I will have a thought— Um, my cousin just bought a house and she put on Facebook that she loved this Cincy wax warmer. And I thought, Oh, I should send that to her for Mm -hmm. her new house, but I don't always follow through. Mm -hmm. So trying to do those kind of things. Um, Affirmations. I know a lot of people feel silly about this. You know, they tell you look in the mirror and say, I am worthy. I am. I have trouble with that too, but I will tell myself I can do hard things. I like that one. That's my favorite. It's simple. It doesn't sound too, cheeky it's just you know I can do hard things and then practice gratitude think about the things that you are thankful for and I want to just finish with a quote by Christopher Dines to stay true to ourselves and remain kind to others is an art it does require daily vigilance and at the same time it's important to remember that art can often get messy yeah.
0: All right. So I so we that enjoyed I our it. visit.
4: Thank you so much. we are so I did kind. too. I like it. Go <laughs> out
0: and be kind today, Go guys. out and be kind today. Yes. yes. Maybe you have a topic you'd like us to cover here on The Gifted Life. Simply email us info at thegiftedlife.org. In our question and answer segment here today on The Gifted Life, what happens after organ recovery takes place? More specifically, does LOPA or the OPO, Organ Procurement Organization, arrange funeral services or does my family have to make those arrangements? So Joey, that's coming in and that's a good conversation. We have that conversation a lot.
1: We do. And and to kind of tackle the first part of that, what happens after uh, the donation, it is It depends, that piece depends on whether there's a coroner investigation, whether there's, you know, some situations or circumstances with the death that make it unclear as to the cause and manner of the death. So if that's the case, of course, the coroner will investigate further, maybe do an autopsy, and we will help arrange transportation to the coroner's offices in those situations. Uh, if that's not the case, then that means the decedent, their loved one, will go to a funeral home. And it is the responsibility of the family to make those arrangements because there's so many specific mm-hmm, things right, yeah. that uh, that only they would know about their loved ones preferences whether even boiling down to cremation versus traditional mm-hmm. funeral or music or whatever that that is now we will help uh, the family in some of these when they ask us a lot of times they don't know what's happening next so we will help in, in uh, you know those decisions are are with at least giving them ideas of things to think about uh, ultimately the responsibility of the funeral as far as payment, unfortunately that's not something that we can do as an organ recovery uh, agency Mm and OPO uh, simply because it may be construed as paying for service. So, But we will help in any manner we can with transportation, helping organize transportation, especially those that are uh, across state lines or across even in other countries. So we'll help with all of those things as much as we can within our ability.
0: Yeah, and I hear that from a lot of families, just the support um, that's there and just having somebody who's, who's kind of been through it um, before and can help. So, all right, great question, great answer. Uh, maybe you have a question you'd like for us to tackle here on The Gifted Life. We'd love to hear from you. All you have to do is give us a call,
1: 504-648-3477. In every episode of The Gifted Life, we honor a hero. Today's hero is Skylar Delaney, and his family sent a beautiful story, and we'll share some of that with you today.
0: Our hero was a responsible, hardworking young man that was a role model. He took great pride in helping care for his younger brother and sister. He loved helping his mother when he was able with household necessities. Skylar was a senior at Pineville High School. He worked two jobs in order to help out, and he was saving his money to be able to buy his own vehicle, every young man's dream. If you were around Skylar, you were surrounded with joy and laughter. His smile was contagious. He always made others feel better about themselves by complimenting them, giving the best hugs, the most love, and the funniest jokes. He loved goofing around and doing funny videos. Skylar always saw the best in others, never focusing on the negative. Our desire is to meet recipients one day. They carry a precious part of our sky in them. Seeing his gift bringing life and change to others is a sacred gift to us. Our hearts are battered and broken. Our lives are forever changed. However, we rejoice and thank God that he has provided life for others, even in death sky gave. We stand on the hope that one day we will be united with our precious Skyler Jaden Delaney. Until then, we carry on and carry you, Skyman. And like Joey said, Uh, The family wrote beautiful words about Skylar um, and and gave us some pictures. And you can find that all on our Heroes page. You can find our Heroes page at Lopa.org.
1: And now we pause and say thank you to Skylar for the gift of life. (laughs) ¶¶
0: that's going to do it for episode 224 of The Gifted Life.
1: We learned a lot. Yeah, special thanks to Chris Knobloch of St. Tammany Parish Coroner's Office and Kristen Sanderson of Office of Public Health for coming in again. You know, we love having our partners here to to educate because these things are so important. We see the unfortunate side of it through donation and to be able to have them come in and, and help us to help educate the public so that prevention could possibly happen, so that that maybe we can help one person uh, so that it doesn't happen to them.
0: I love when the, when they come in because they force you to focus. Like, here's what we're seeing. Yep. You need to pay attention yep. to this. ATVsafety.org is a good place to visit for safety classes and more information. We just want to keep you safe, guys. And we certainly appreciate you listening, sharing this podcast. Remember, you can register as an organ, tissue, and eye donor anytime. Registerme.org.
1: The best place to find us is at our website, TheGiftedLife.org. Listen there or find links on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. It really helps others find our podcast.
0: And man, we'd really appreciate it. So thank you all so much on social. Uh, you can like our page on Facebook. It's called The to Life Podcast. You can also follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at... Gifted Life pod. Thanks for spending some time with your Gifted Life podcast crew. Our goal is um, to get you to go out and do something you wouldn't normally do to help us make life happen. We're one big team. Until next time. This is a production of the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA. The Gifted Life is hosted by Lori Steele, Joey Boudreau, and Nala Schwab. Our executive producer is Kirsten Hines. Producer is Shalon Caraway. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.